0: Hi everybody hey hey brian hello 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 welcome welcome to brian and annie's podcast we don't know what to name ourselves yet we are taking <laughs> suggestions you're probably gonna be like annie and brian's really great podcast <laughs>
1: that's it that's perfect no one it's it's so unoriginal no one's picked it I, yeah,
0: I wonder so. if there's other Brian and Annie's doing podcasts around the world.
1: No. Or we'll aren't. have to
0: switch it to Annie and Brian's then.
1: Oh, there you go. Annie there's definitely not an Annie and Brian's podcast anyway, out there yeah. in the world. So
0: that's probably true. Because thanks all for Brian's tuning been- in. Yeah. <laughs> Tune in. You, you. Just said, you just said tuning.
1: I did. Oh my goodness. Tuning in. Tuning in, in to you go. our
0: podcast.
1: I am now. an old man. Yep, true. Not not
0: too old, but kind of old. Like not not ancient. Like, how old are you? Let's introduce ourselves a little bit.
1: Uh, I am forty-seven,
0: and a white man who—that's
1: right. Been in ministry
0: I, for a long time.
1: For a little bit, yes. Yeah. Uh, I've been I've been licensed with the Christian and Missionary Alliance since January of two thousand two. And I became ordained with them in January of 2008. Nice. Yeah. And I'm about uh, my last day, depending on when you get this podcast, uh, my last day, uh, you'll get this well after this point, but my last day is in a couple of days, actually, uh, with Compass Church. Uh, I've been the lead pastor for eight and I've been on staff with them for uh, 16. Wow. And I don't know what's next. I just know um, that little nudge you get from God that says it's time to move on and you're going to have to trust me for what's next, but obey me first. And yep. um, and that is the spot I am currently in. So
0: totally.
1: maybe by the time you hear this, I will also have heard from God and boom, there we go.
0: And you'll know what the heck you're doing, huh? That's
1: right. Next That's assignment. Right. Next assignment. Yes. Yes. No,
0: that's good. Thanks, Brian, for sharing that. No. And because we are, we are um, recording this podcast, really, because we believe in what the content is and what we're talking about. That's right. Um, that's right. I'll get to that in a second, because I am Annie Bancheu, also white. Also, forty something, less forty something than Brian. <laughs> I'll just say that I know I should not be by proud much of my age. <laughs> and yes, that's not true. Do, everybody do not listen to him.
1: It is everybody by quite a bit.
0: It is by quite a bit. It is
1: it is not. Yes, by quite no, a bit. it
0: is totally by quite a bit. No. Yes, we yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> so he's lying. Everybody, do not listen to Brian.
1: You know, there's um, a way to for everyone to know
0: is, how old I am.
1: Yeah, you could say ah. how old you are. And then they would know whether or not it's quite a bit younger. Okay, what did you how old
0: did you say? You were 47. Correct. So I am three years younger than you.
1: Okay. So that's a
0: lot of years. Three whole years.
1: So assuming Whatever. we have more our than three people listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> you, can, you can decide if that is quite a bit younger or maybe it's in the same ballpark of age. That's, I'm sorry,
0: but I'm pretty sure everyone will side with me, that it is a lot younger than
1: 47. 47 okay. is
0: like a and 44 uh-huh. is like, oh, you know, just barely into your forties.
1: You know, here, here's yeah. a litmus test. Uh, okay. Ask your kids, ask your kids if 44 <laughs> is a lot funny. younger than 47. <laughs>
0: think 44 my kids think 44 is like an ancient person they're like oh you're almost dead Uh you're gonna die tomorrow
1: (laughs) both of (laughs) us were riding dinosaurs to school as far as
0: they're concerned that is true that's true about our kids okay but i am also um employed at compass church for the next couple days um just a little bit of background for me been licensed with the cma christian missionary alliance for how long i don't remember like i don't know like maybe like six or seven years
1: yeah and I, then um what wow. i want to say you got licensed in 2014 right that's just a, a guess in there
0: so that's seven years ago yeah, yeah
1: it was yeah. pretty quick
0: after i started officially working yeah. and then um and then i've been consecrated which is the female equivalent of ordained. <laughs> i'm really sorry about that everybody yeah but that's I'm, a different
1: podcast
0: that's a different podcast so we're not gonna talk about that today but i am girl ordained yeah. with the christian missionary alliance
1: oh that's embarrassing
0: so i know so many yeah. so many of my male colleagues call me ordained which i really right. appreciate yeah
1: because, because it's you, the same thing you went through the exact same process same thing yeah so same thing. so if anybody's mad right now good <laughs> good sit with it that's oh good. totally that's totally good it's really good. It's,
0: it's, it's systems struggle and God is still good. So um, but anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm wrapping up my employment in compass church as well. Yeah. And that's really had a lot to do with your decision, Brian. And um just maybe what God was saying to me about what I've been doing for as long as I've been doing it. And maybe it's time to not do that. Yeah. So we'll see what's next. I'm really hoping, okay, we'll get to our content in a second, but I'm really hoping that i know before you know (laughs) i know what i'm doing before you know what you're doing if you know what you're doing before i know what i'm doing i'm gonna like be so jealous like i will be so jealous
1: (laughs) wow that feels competitive
0: i know i am a little bit competitive actually we are a little competitive you have to admit it it's true a
1: little bit a little bit
0: yeah totally but we're two white ex-past soon to be ex-pastors and we've been um in the process of really coming to terms with our own white fragility and how whiteness and race um are a problem in our in our society in our system and in the church um not not a problem it's kind of funny to say it's a problem but the fact that the church is the most segregated place um is really disheartening and heartbreaking and so we've We've done a lot of work. We've read a lot of books. We've talked, we've made a lot of friends, people of color. We've invited people of color to spaces of um, just really using our position, honestly, being grateful for our position and inviting people of color to share and to preach and to um, inform really uh, what we've been doing in the last couple of years at Compass.
1: Yep, that's um, right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. you have anything you want to add
1: about that? And then I'll move on to this. Uh, no, I think it's just, it's been a good time of growth and to just have a place like this to just kind of process and share that. Um, yeah. In our last podcast, we did a, a part one of the build of the uh, Be the Bridge 16 tips, yeah. uh, bridge building tips for white people. And so we just started reading those and just kind of responding to them. They're really, really good they're very challenging. Um, I think we got like one through six. And so we're going to start with number seven today Yeah, and just read it and and respond to it and, and try to respond honestly and with conviction and, and just use it as a, as a time to just share growth. And, Mm -hmm. and I I think we try to say this too, like if you're uh, a person of color and you're listening and you feel the need to correct us in any way um we'd love to hear it um totally uh we promise to 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 take it in and embrace it um but we'd welcome feedback and if you're white and you're struggling and having questions um voice your questions we'd be happy to try to deal with them um or or just share how we are wrestling with those same questions Uh, we're not looking to create an argument we're not looking to um uh overwhelm or push something on anybody we're just trying to share uh how much we've had to wrestle with the sin of racism yeah and how much we see that in the church and in america Mm -hmm. and as pastors we know we can't we can't be quiet about it
0: yeah and it's kind of like this feels like an easy way to go we let's look at confession and repentance and yes let's make room for people of color voices and leadership and so latasha morrison is the author of be the bridge the book and the community and she has been just an incredible uh leader and discipler of us and so yeah i'll i'll kick off with number seven sound good please do don't explain away a person of color's experience of oppression this is a number seven tip on the 16 bridge building tips for white people. Mm-hmm. Don't explain away a person of color's experience of oppression. They're, they are the expert of their own experience. Don't play devil's advocate or provide an alternative explanation for what has happened. Take their word for it. Maybe ask a follow up question like, How did that make you feel?
1: Oh, right. Um, yeah. I, there's a little bit I'm. I think I'm reminded of when we read these like how necessary they are and how embarrassed I am that I need someone to give me this kind of prompt. <laughs> yeah. You know, like even even maybe ask a follow-up question like how tell me exactly what question I can ask. How did that make you feel? <laughs> that, that make you feel? Because in some ways this is this is actually like relational skill building 101.
0: Yeah, that, totally. You know,
1: all of us maybe should have learned as we were growing up like in like social intelligence that, that somehow we've missed because we haven't had to deal with the same thing that black indigenous people of color had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I can imagine uh, as uh, Tasha was writing this, even just being like, oh, yep, I can, I can already think of five recent experiences where I tried to share what it was like. And somebody said, well, wait a minute, but don't you think, But what about, or what? Hold on just a second. Maybe, maybe there's something else going on here. And, and I think, I think the way that that happens in racism is a floodgate for how that happens in other ways, like sexism and classism.
0: Yeah, Um, totally. It's it's
1: why gaslighting is an actual term. Yeah. um, And so many, for so many um, different people groups who aren't white and why they're like, you just discredited my experience. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I'm telling you exactly what it's like. And you, you just made me feel like I should doubt it.
0: Yeah, totally. And when you don't, when you don't consider white privilege, when you don't consider like the being in that like power structure, you don't even know how much your words have power over that. Like how discouraging that is. We've, we had a black friend experience that and express that with us, like saying like, Thank you for believing me right. and it was so shocking when she said it i was like <laughs> i didn't notice that I, I kind of felt like i could understand what she meant by like the times i maybe not have believed yeah a person of color's experience
1: i i've definitely i wish i could think of an example um in my own life uh which so it's unfortunate that at the moment that i can't but i I definitely believe since George Floyd's murder in trying to wrestle with this, I, I, I can't imagine myself in times where I've got, even in my own head, just said, hmm, I wonder if something else is at play, or I wonder yeah. if something that you couldn't, you couldn't know that was there. Even if I didn't say it to the person, I thought it in my own head, yeah, and, and that's enough for that disposition of, of a racist quality. Yeah. Um,
0: it's hard. It's it's one thing when you do that on a, on a thing that you're an expert in. Like, yes. like if somebody said something about scripture or about sure. Rubik's cubing or about snowboarding, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> like you could be like, yeah. wait, I know about this.
1: Yeah. So I, know I some can things.
0: offer, I can offer what maybe is going on there.
1: Yeah. But
0: when it comes to racial oppression,
1: yeah,
0: you and I know zilch.
1: Yeah. I've Zero. never had to grow up with it. And I never will grow up with it. Like, that's just an experience I can't even act as an expert in. And it seems like that's what tip number seven is, is treating is (laughs) it's, it's asking me, the white person to listen with humility and trust that I don't know what I'm talking about.
0: That's right. That's right. Maybe ask a follow-up question. Like, how did that make you feel? That's so good. That's so good. Like, listen more, learn more. Like, Maybe like get to a spot of empathy, which it's not saying that right there, but yeah, um, right. it's pretty cool. That's really good. Just even for being curious and learning who people are and what their experience is, it's so good. Okay. Yeah. I'm moving on to number eight. Good. If what you are about to say starts with not all, parentheses, men, not all white people, not all evangelicals, police officers, et cetera, don't say it. If what you're about to say starts with not all, dot, 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 don't say it. Um, Conversations about race and racism are about systems, institutions, and ideologies more than individuals. Though this is contrary to white cultural norms, it is not helpful or necessary to force the conversation to fit our culture. Mm -hmm. There will always be good examples which fall outside generalization. But do not derail the conversation by bringing up the exceptions when discussing the rule. I love that. It's kind of a mouthful, so I hope I hope people could get that.
1: It's yeah, so good. It, it seems to me that this this particular tip is treating the need I have uh, to defend. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so the person who's sharing with me their experience does not intend to say all white people are bad. Mm -hmm. That, that is a message I write and project upon the person's story. Right. And because I do that out of my own defensiveness, out of my own, dare I say, fragility, Mm -hmm. uh, I then want to be like, well, not all white people are bad. In other words, it's another way of saying, well, I'm good. You can see me as good. And And that, again, like they're saying here, just derails the conversation. Totally. Let's let's not assume that by them sharing their experience, let's not assume that they're saying all white people are bad. All police officers are bad. Now, they may or may not think that. Let's just not start with that assumption. Let's just hear the story. Let's just hear the pain and trauma of the story. Let's just hear the experience. Let's hear how they're having a hard time with it and wrestling with it. Yeah. And and a little bit like tip seven, trust that they're the expert on this. Like yeah. on, they are the expert of their experience that I have never had. Yeah. Uh, it, it's And even if I've had a moment or a weekend or a an event of like, wow, that felt a little prejudice. That's not the same as the story mm-hmm. of racism that mm-hmm. the person of color is trying to explain.
0: Yep. She says it's not about they're about systems institutions and ideologies more than individuals i loved what dominique gilliard said on um how do you say his name did i say it wrong
1: um on
0: on the be the bridge podcast with latasha morrison he said all white people are automatically a part of a favored system it's not that you choose in or not like it's it's talking about the system of the understanding, not, not, oh oh no, I know this one person who doesn't mean this, or one person, like not all, you know, yeah. blah, dot, dot, dot. yeah. Like it's like, actually the rule is this, is I think what she's saying. Like the rule is that you fall into that white cultural norm and it's, it's, not, it's not the only way, it's not the only thing. So you have to not look for good examples of not racism. Yeah, when someone's talking about
1: racism, Jamar Tisby actually says something very similar, and I think Be uh, nice. the Bridge shared it was like a three-minute little recording of his that that he made. Oh,
0: nice.
1: Just just kind of talking about like somebody who's asking the question, "Do you think all white people are racist?" Yeah, and he was like, "Well, no, but all white people are in a system that favors them, and yeah. that is where each individual has to choose or at least recognize, I'm benefiting from something that favors me." Mm. And recognize I'm benefiting from something that favors me doesn't mean I haven't struggled doesn't mean I haven't worked hard it just means that there there is a thing I don't have to work against yeah and that's that's the system of racism
0: totally I like that too that's just again like you said Brian earlier like these are just general tips too of like you don't try to tell somebody convince them of something else otherwise you know what I mean right I have that yeah I have that experience in other areas of life too. I'm sure. Number nine, yeah. don't demand proof of a person of color's lived experience or try to counter their narrative with the experience of another person of color. Mm-hmm. The experiences and opinions of people of, of color are as diverse as its people. We can believe their stories, but keep in mind, just because one person of color doesn't feel oppressed, that doesn't mean systemic institutional racism is not real.
1: I think uh, you and I both have encountered a number of friends who have been willing yeah. to share with us and they almost always start out i'm not speaking for all black people i'm not speaking for all brown people i'm just mm-hmm. sharing my experience here. And I, I wonder if that's I, I mean you have to wonder how many times have they've been met with what this tip is trying to trying to protect against mm-hmm. trying to help people understand, uh, of course. I mean, it's, I've heard that like, well, wait a minute, racism doesn't exist in America. Look at Oprah Winfrey, look at Denzel Washington, look at, okay, well, how about we talk with Oprah Winfrey and Denzel Washington and see what they say Mm -hmm. rather than me just grabbing their name to confirm my bias that racism doesn't exist in America. I, I'm pretty sure both of those people would say, yes, I've been successful, but that doesn't mean I think racism doesn't exist in America. Yeah. Yeah it's it's just a weird thing or or to grab the uh, a person of color who outspokenly says whatever um yeah great that that's that's them sharing their experience but that doesn't that doesn't prove us something or or is actually let's just go back to again relational skills and social skills we should have all learned as mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. Uh, if i'm listening to a person share their experience Yeah. I have no business grabbing somebody else's experience and testimony to to now (sighs) now negate this person. Mm -hmm. They're relating a feeling of something towards me.
0: Yeah.
1: That and that is what I'm meant to experience with them.
0: Yeah. I I think it's so good to like especially in like talking to a lot of black friends and hearing, like if you listen to, I think a podcast we did our last podcast or two podcasts ago, if you listen to our friend gift Wango, she talks about how she has to dismantle her own white supremacy or white. Um, That's
1: right.
0: How does she, how do you say it when you're talk, when you talk about your own um, response to the priority or the prioritizing of whiteness? Like she's like she has her own work as a black woman of dismantling mm-hmm. that for her own self, and so to know that everybody's everybody's affected by the system of oppression in terms of white supremacy. So, so people of color are on their own journey, you know. Some and if if somebody experiences, hey, I haven't experienced oppression. Praise God, that's right.
1: awesome. Right, that's a miracle. <laughs> that's, that's a
0: miracle. That's yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: it doesn't negate like. I mean look at the legal system look at our history look at american history like those things don't just disappear go away those are traumas that need to be healed from really
1: yep yep
0: so that's good okay um number 10 um don't believe the classic trope that behavior modification on the part of people of color would eliminate racism Mm. oh my gosh In other words, don't blame the victim people of color changing how they dress what music they listen to how they speak or any number of excuses will not eradicate white supremacy belief in such a historical shift from biological racism, people of color in parentheses people of color are inherently inferior to cultural racism parentheses people of color are culturally inferior. Expecting people of color to act more in line with white cultural norms is not the solution. Don't believe the classic trope that behavior modification on the part of people of color would eliminate racism. (sighs) Yikes, honestly, I have to confess, I have to jump in and start. Um, I think that's what I thought for most of my childhood. I thought when I looked at, and I grew up in Vancouver, Washington, it's, I would say super white. Yeah. super white white area yeah. white neighborhood i had one black friend his name was andy he was a part of like our little kid group um but for the most part what i what i feel like i grabbed out of and out of my family experience or about media the time of growing up in the 80s was that if people of color would just
1: act more
0: i don't think it was ever said white but that's how it felt
1: no i, I yeah it, it the whole, it's the concept of whiteness that. is still like being newly defined in this generation. But, but there, there's always been the, um, uh, what is it, dog whistles of racism, where it's yes. like, well, if they would just do this, then everything would be fine. And that's what, like, what this is getting at. And then as, as that's happened over a couple generations, there's a realization of, Well, the don't do this is basically telling people not to be black or (laughs) acting as if if they would just be good uh, people, then they they wouldn't Uh. experience the consequences there are. In other words, they're not experiencing the consequences they are because of their of their color, their skin. It's because they're doing bad things. They're doing uh, unlawful things. They're doing. Um, things that aren't really socially acceptable they haven't quite figured out how to be socially acceptable and that's why you're having this issue or this problem
0: not Uh, realizing
1: how much just white people being the majority the dominant majority is setting the tone or the norm for what is acceptable and not and that that's actually what's being measured against and that like there's no way you or i can say we haven't participated in that
0: totally and this is the funny thing like okay if you look at other white families that grew up like me like you might be like hey how do you like i might make room brian for how you say like uh what are the words like orange or Soda or pop or how you say, like, cul-de-sac or, oh, one, um, when, when I moved to Texas for a little while, we used to say, like, kitty corner for, like, the house oh. that's across the street, but to the left or right.
1: Yep. And yep. they
0: would say catty corner. And I always felt so weirded out by that. Like, they said catty right. corner. We said kitty yeah. corner. But if it's if it's one, it's just, I, I'm just trying to call it out. If it's one white person to another white person, we're like, oh, there's differences. That's neutral. But if there's a difference in a black person's language and the way that they culturally grew up in their home, in their area, in their whatever, like, then for me to say, if they would just talk like quote unquote white people, which is not even a thing, like there's, you know what I'm saying? Like you and I talk differently, what we both kind of grew up in Vancouver, Washington. So we both kind of have the same stereotypical, like, you know, ish, ish, but we have differences too. But, um. I think it's interesting to think like, oh, if they just would talk the same or talk like us, whatever yeah. that means.
1: Well, or even respond to authority <gasps> the way we do. So yikes. That's a good one. So the reason why this black person um, had a trout, this incident with this police officer or with this principal of this school is because they were being disrespectful. Oh. And that's why it's not because of the colors skin; uh-uh. it's because uh-uh. of and, and the problem is there's just so many instances where if a white person was in the same position, yeah, uh, there, there's a difference that gets treated. And, it's so different. And if you, you, there has to be a recognition that if we haven't grown up not representing the dominant majority, then we don't know what it feels like to have that heightened awareness of, oh, this is happening because I'm not the dominant majority. Right. My, my skin color is different, the way I talk is different, the way I think is different, my vocabulary, my expressions, my euphemisms, they're all different. And this person is now treating me differently because of that. Like, there's just a heightened awareness to that and saying, well, if only you would just change your behavior, if only you would have been more respectful, if only you would have, if only you would have. And they're like, I was being against from this person to begin with.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And so it's, it's not a matter of just changing the behavior.
0: Totally. It's so, it's so important. And it's so I want to, I, I kind of want to pause and say, if you are a person of color listening to us and you're, you're, you're unsure or it's unclear or we've said anything wrong, mm, yep, we, yep. we are not the voice of authority on this at all. That's right. We're just kind of That's going right. with what we've learned. And so please, please, please correct us. Cause we definitely want to hear, but I'm hoping Brian, I'm hoping That hearing us say these things and articulate this is encouraging that we hopefully are growing in our understanding. We're not there yet, but we're growing in our understanding of like, oh, uh, you get to just be you and you bring all of you and God and me and the world needs you to be you and you're in the cultural differences and the, in the cultural makeup and the, in the, in the ways it doesn't. It doesn't, it's so bad how racism equates any difference with with negative, with bad, with with wrong, even. Yeah. Like white, white in my brain was always right, which I never knew that. You know what I mean? I never knew that that's what it felt like. And then it's like now it's like, no, black and brown people are also right. It's so, I, if you can see me, I'm yes. shaking my arms in the yes. air because I'm like so embarrassed about all of this.
1: Well, and that that has to, like, just, there has to be an acknowledgement. Any yeah. of the problems that I've had with people in authority in any way, um, there has usually been a fault on my part and how I have responded or reacted that has escalated the situation. Hmm. That. That as is at play, but I can say that as a person who represents the dominant majority. Mm -hmm. Someone else who does not, we have to hear them say there are other things at play. Yeah. That it's not just as simple as if they would have just been kinder. Mm-hmm. if they would yeah. have just been less vocal if they would have just been more serene if they would have just been if they would have just dressed differently that day if they would have just done this differently that day we have to listen to them say no this is at work i'm working against this all the time yeah and and they may even say sure i could be kinder but the kinderness or lack thereof is not the actual thing that's at work here
0: yeah
1: and, yeah. and even if the, the white person they're dealing with legitimately is being fair, that person of color still has a history of experiences that would tell them otherwise. And that's why they might respond differently than what's socially acceptable.
0: Totally. Uh,
1: a, a black person getting pulled over is different than me getting pulled over. A black, a black, person, black person getting pulled
0: over is more dangerous. Absolutely,
1: because of the history, a black person getting in trouble in a classroom is different than me a white person getting in trouble in a classroom. Yeah, Uh, a black person being called out for behavior in any public or social situation is different than me a white person being called out for the exact same thing.
0: True.
1: These, these are going to be different circumstances, where someone being kind or not kind is at play in one but not at play in the other. Yeah. And as white people, we have to acknowledge that.
0: Yeah, it's really, really, really helpful. It goes back to believing the stories and believing. Yes. I mean, all you have to do is do a little bit of research and you can hear story after story after story of wrongfully accused, wrongfully imprisoned, wrongfully murdered people of color. It's, yep. it's, just, it's just really, really true. Okay, I'm going to go on to 11. Sure. Um, do not chastise people of color or dismiss their message because they express their grief, fear, or anger in ways you, you deem inappropriate. Mm-hmm. Do not chastise or dismiss their message because they express grief, fear, or anger in ways you deem inappropriate. Understand that historically, we white people have silenced voices of dissent and lament with our cultural Id- idol of niceness, in quotes. Yeah. Provide space for people of color to wail, cuss, or even yell at you. Jesus didn't hold back when he saw hypocrisy and oppression. People of color shouldn't have to either. Ooh, I love that. I, what? Ugh. Let them p- provide space for people of color to wail, cuss, or even yell at you. Wow, Brian. That sounds so powerful.
1: <sighs>
0: I can't, I I I can hardly imagine that.
1: Wow. I, I think even that line. Understand that historically we white people Mm -hmm. have silenced voices of dissent and lament with our cultural idol of niceness. I I think if we would actually accept that statement and grieve that statement. Mm it would probably become easier to not chastise people of color as they express their grief. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why do we think that we are the appropriate niceness police? Like, what is is it like?
0: Um, I'll tell you why. Racism. White supremacy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, the thing we're talking about. Right, it's proof of it. It's proof yeah. of it.
0: If you, can can we hear that? I mean, I just like literally white people. Like, can you hear that when people are lamenting and grieving, they get to do that? There's not the barrier of niceness that you or I might think that people should have. It's completely inappropriate. So. Why, why are we the, the leaders of that? Like, it doesn't have to be like that. Thank you.
1: If you don't express your grief in the right way, I don't have to listen to it.
0: Wow. That's like white fragility 101 and white superiority or white supremacy. Oh.
1: You know, you know, boy, this is, I, I so I read something uh, the other day it was it it was a it was a tweet um, who was the tweeter who
0: was the tweeter uh, person tell me was, who tweeted
1: it was Zach Lambert exactly. um, and he was retweeting somebody else he was retweeting Jel- Jelani Cobb I hope I pronounced that right Jelani uh, Cobb. but the the quote was this the most reactionary and dangerous parts of our current politics and culture are driven by powerful people who claim to be the victims of groups that are far more vulnerable than they are. Mm. So what what's interesting and the correlation and the connection here is just that like, so I, the person who represents the dominant majority, there we go, thank you. Uh, I just wanted certain-
0: to say that Jelani, Jelani Cobb is a black man who's an educator, American writer, author and educator, professional yeah. of journalism at Columbia. There
1: you go. So maybe to cut you off, I want to hear what you're saying.
0: I just wanted to make sure that we said that.
1: Well, it's just I'm verbally processing the connection between these two statements. Please, it's just that so I, as a dominant majority representative, tell you how you can or cannot grieve (laughs) when I can't seem to even uh, grieve my own grief, right? You use the word fragility, right? Or, or I, I say, I don't have to listen to you unless you express your grief in an appropriate way. I'm the dominant majority telling you, the person who's not, how you, how you can grieve in order to protect myself, right? Yeah. Um, that's different than, I guess maybe this is what I'm trying to get at. That's different than the abused telling an abuser i don't have to listen to you as long as you talk like that so mm-hmm. maybe what i guess i'm getting at oh, is that I like that it's reversing mm-hmm. of the roles right so mm-hmm. if you are a, a person being abused mm-hmm. you have every right to tell the abuser you can't talk to me that way and in fact no, i'm not going to listen to you mm-hmm. until you start talking appropriately it's interesting kind of like this this tweet that got that it, from jelani cobb that it gets flipped the dominant majority is now saying to the minority i don't have to listen to you unless you communicate your grief in a proper way okay. and that is what this tip number 11 and this tweet is is getting after yeah. actually I, The abused is the only one that has the right to say, Mm. you can't talk to me that way. Mm -hmm. So it's weird when the, the person in power or authority says that to the person who is experiencing the injustice.
0: Yep. You can express your grief and lament as long as it fits these cultural norms that I am going to dictate to you.
1: And and that's ridiculous. Respect the power and authority. I believe I have.
0: Exactly. And that is really, really, really difficult, I think, for people in power to see and let go of. Yeah. To see it first, it's hard for them to see. And then it's hard for them to too, let go of and say, oh, because I am the abuser in this scenario or I represent the abuser or, or I benefit from this, the structure as it were, I don't get to dictate to people who are not in that position of power, how they can go about it. Or maybe I do get to, and that's why our our world is so messed up. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's what we're saying. Like, this is really horrible.
1: Well, that unfortunately is how the world functions. It would be why we say we need a savior and why Jesus is so awesome. Mm -hmm. And why Jesus is so connected to the father and wants to emulate God, the father, because there are all kinds of Psalms where the author is, is rendering all kinds of complaints to God about God Mm -hmm. in inappropriate, disrespectful ways. Yes. And we call that the Bible.
0: Yes, we do. We call that
1: the word of God, the ordained word of God.
0: Yeah. Oh, Brian, that's so good. Cause that's like that's what a godly what a godly move to provide space. This is the Latasha Morrison's quote here: provide space for people of color to wail, cuss, or even yell at you, yeah. white person. Yeah, I can't imagine. I I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I was I was corrected or challenged by a black professor. I had one black professor and at George Fox Seminary. I had one black professor who was talking about my Hispanic daughter. I don't know if I shared this on this podcast yet, but, and he said, you'll never know what it's like to be Latina. You'll never know what it's like to not be white. Like, and I was like, so scared. <laughs> Cause he was my professor kind of raising his voice at me. But but what I didn't know then and now know better, but still don't know totally, I'm still in process is that he was offering me his frustration, his grief. And, um, and I think on behalf of my daughter, like just to have a wake up call of like whiteness and it's, and its power in the world is, is hard on people of color. And my daughter is someone that I'm not gonna understand totally because yep. we don't look the same. Yep. And it was, it was a gift. And it was also just like a, he's expressing some frustration. I don't understand at the time. I did not understand that. Yeah. But that's the closest I think I've ever come to a person of color, um, getting to express their frustration about racism with me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's really good.
0: Yeah. But, but what you said about if God, God does that. God says, "Hey, guys, lament with me, mm-hmm. wail, cuss, or even yell at me." Like, I don't, I don't know that God promotes like, "Hey, yell at me," but He makes space for our pain and our suffering.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's good. I, I don't think God is openly saying, "Be disrespectful sure. to me." Yeah, I, but I do think that God, at least as I read the Old Testament, especially and then see the the ministry of jesus and the gospels i do think god listens to pain higher Mm -hmm. than than he desires respect yeah and and god does desire respect rightly like uh, of anybody right he rightly he has the standing on the ground oh so good to demand and desire respect and there's points where he does for sure Uh but but, uh, I mean, look at the story of Hagar, mm-hmm. where Abram and Sarai just totally messed that up. Oh, like they, they totally re- did. They really messed that up, and and Hagar gets to be the first person quoted in scripture as naming God. Yeah. This person who's not an Israelite, she's yeah. not married. Um, it, it's just there's so many different social norms working against her, and yeah. God. God meets her where she's at. He, he elevates her. He lets her pain be the highest voice
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she mm-hmm. feels heard and she feels seen and she feels known. Yeah. So I, I think there's there that, like, that's just true in life. When we hear a person's pain and we don't gaslight them, like I, God mm-hmm. didn't gaslight Hagar. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. He didn't say, well, have you thought about maybe Sarai's just having a bad day? You know, wait, mm. maybe Sarai didn't right. really mean that. Maybe, he didn't maybe you didn't hear her, her right. Yeah. you her, her tone. He was like, maybe no. Maybe she
0: meant this.
1: He said, where are you going? And she was, yeah. and she and just laid it out. And he goes, okay, I'll tell you what. Like, it was just, it was, it's it's a beautiful example. It's so and good. how much more space, how much more space would we have with people of color if we could listen to their stories? I, it, Just think about all this, like, don't, don't gaslight them, you know, don't demand proof, don't be defensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all, all these different things that that God doesn't do.
0: Yeah, no kidding. You're like, uh, seems like we should just follow Jesus.
1: Right, right. God doesn't we, do those things. We've, we've, our history is, even if we would never admit it, our history suggests that we think if people of color change their behavior, racism wouldn't exist. And actually what would, what would eradicate racism is listening. Yes. Empathetically. Yes. Doing, doing what God does, doing what God does. That's what would eradicate it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, probably a process of confession, repentance and, and reparation as well. Like repairing. Yes. Like making room to repair like this side of heaven, this, this human side. Yeah. Like, but God's following God's example, listening, believing, seeing, hearing, asking good questions, all of yeah. that. So good. Yeah. Um, I just want to say something. Oh, you have a final thought? I have a final nope. thought
1: too. Yeah, you no, know, you do your final thought.
0: My final thought is I just like, and even just reading this, I'm just getting like, I just want to say I love how God has made us all. I love that there is like, it's so cheesy and so cliche, like the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Like
1: Mm,
0: we're just so God's kids, all all colors, all people are God's kids. And it's just so, so, so important to me to to be um, actively making space. So we'll have a, we'll have some guests come soon. We're gonna have some guests come come soon. My friend Jasmine, she's willing to listen and te- give us some feedback, and and I'm hoping awesome. to get her on here with us. That
1: would be super. Cool. I know
0: she's amazing. So and we'll get a few more people of color to join us, and we'll be highlighting books. We'll be highlighting words. Like hopefully um, we'll figure this out and get to show you and highlight black and brown yeah. influencers and how how much they've influenced us. That's yeah. really. That's really our hope.
1: Uh we'll cut it off there and we'll do a we'll do a part 3 where we finish out these be the bridge tips. That's right.
0: We're going to do 12 yeah. through 16 next time. So Cool. Come back. Yeah. Thanks Brian, that was fun. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. We'll see you guys later.
1: Bye. Bye.